0: Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See DKNG.com slash B for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
1: Bro, what separated your deep ball from everybody else? My deep ball, it has a little
2: secret sauce to it, man. <laughs> I never get too high, never get too low, but just keep moving. The, the whole story is Carlos never beat me in any kind of sports in, in, in high school.
3: Welcome to New Strike City, and Zim Hude. we're bringing you the Orange is the New Black Podcast. Zim, say what's up.
1: Hello, world. How's everybody doing tonight? We're doing a very, very special interview, very special podcast, something very near and dear to my heart. We got a a young entrepreneur that's taking over from the natty doing this thing. Introduce yourself, means, tell the people what you're doing, where you're at tonight.
3: We got you on mute, bro.
2: Yeah, let's see. We good? Yep, we good. Yeah. First and foremost, thank you all for having me, man. We appreciate it. We really do. Uh, we down on Elm Street, black on outerwear, celebrating. This our this, this marks our tenth year. So this is our ten year run, uh, ten year anniversary. Um, fortunate enough, we just collaborated with the Cincinnati Bengals, and I think that's what we're here to talk about today. Stripes don't come easy, capsule, and whatever else y'all want to talk about, man. I'm here for a good time, not a long time.
1: You said Elm Street, right? Tell them the exact address on Elm Street. So anybody that's near that area right now that they could go pull up, cop some stuff, whatever, what's that
2: address? Yeah, we're at 822 Elm Street. But we also at 824 Elm Street. So we got Black on and Black Coffee adjacent to to one another.
3: So obviously, like you said, you have the Black-owned outerwear store, but you also just mentioned Black Coffee. So, obviously, you had so much success with Black-owned, which was dope, because I remember copping my own Black-owned shirt from you back in 2013. But the Black Coffee thing is big. What made you kind of want to enter the coffee industry after having so much
2: success in the clothing industry? Well, yeah, um, really, after working on Black-owned for eight years, I was just really tired, and I needed something to keep me up, to keep going. It was coffee. No, but... <laughs> on, a, on a more serious note, no man, I'm a I'm a huge coffee drinker. Love drink, you know, love coffee, love the coffee culture. Some of the best spots around the country. When you're traveling, you you pop in in a local coffee shop. You never know who you will meet, and um, love coffee. And and I realize that here in Cincinnati, we we have really good coffee, but all of the coffee shops are you know really similar in what they offer. And we wanted to be able to offer a different experience. Uh, but still provide a good cup of coffee. So the two cultures overlap, clothing, coffee, uh, fashion, you know, our, our shop here, actually I'm sitting in the shop now, it's based around street culture, hip-hop, and um, the arts. So there's a lot of overlap between the two shops and and it works for us. That's facts.
1: Um, earlier, you just talked about it too, before you got into the, the, the shop, you were talking about the campaign with the Bengals, right? Yep. So, for anybody that's just seeing you for the first time ever, tell people about that path. How you got to a point where you're collaborating? I mean, I know you do other stuff too, but like, even you know, to get to the point to like you know collaborate with
2: a Bengals organization. Yeah. So, uh, one, you know, like I said, we're we're celebrating ten years, so we've been around a you know a decent amount of time. But um, the Bengals actually reached out to us. You know, that's what made it really exciting. Um, you know, they reached out to us and they they let us know that they were looking to, you know, make a a powerful move and that they wanted to collaborate on something. And we were excited because, one, I'm a huge Bengals fan. My family, uh, everyone's, you know, huge Bengals fans. So it made sense for us. So when they reached out, I think it was right around the time I had saw that the Bengals were really, you know, taking the lead in the NFL, making statements around, you know, just the, the... the racial inequalities that we deal with in the country. And that was big because I I can't say that I always felt like our team, you know, made that a priority, but knowing that the new direction and that was a priority, it got me excited and I really wanted to work with the Bengals. So, and uh, it's just one of those things you grow up, you want to play for the Bengals, you know, it doesn't happen for all of us as athletes, but to be able to join a team in a very unique way was exciting. So we, we wanted to get, you know, this collab out there. We wanted to we wanted it to represent something other than just fashion, like all of our pieces. We were able to capture that as well. And the Bengals have been really supportive throughout the whole thing uh, in, in terms of helping us push the campaign. It's really it's been a partnership, you know, and, and we'll continue to push it. I think this collaboration, the way that it works, the the, the collaboration runs a year. So we'll be running it for almost a year. And then after that, you know, we hopefully we continue to work with the Bengals, but it would it won't be in collaboration with the Bengals and the NFL. All
3: oh, right, that's dope, bro. So you said that you were a Bengals fan growing up. Who were some of your favorite like players from the team growing up? Me personally, I'd probably say like Corey Dillon and and you know Rudy, but who would you say are were some of your favorites growing up?
2: Yeah, I would say my overall favorite is Ocho, man. Like um growing up a Bengals fan, it's tough. It is what it is. Every year you start out with this enthusiasm. This year is our year. And then it, it gets crazy as the season goes on. We don't win as many games as we plan for. But um you still come back the next year. Like I'm I'm Cincinnati through. And through I'm 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 Houday throwing through. So Chad came through, and he just made it exciting. Even though we, we weren't necessarily winning, it was just exciting to be watching football at that time. So Chad, uh, TJ Hushmanzada, uh, got to put him out there. Um, I would say, what, Chris Collinsworth, just because what he's done for the game of football. Um, Boomer and of course, Anthony Munoz. Those are all of the players, you know, for me, it's that what else have they done outside of football? If right. You talk about people like Anthony Munoz. He has a crazy footprint here in the C- city of Cincinnati through his charity, also his brand. So those are the people, uh, it, you know, that that come to mind.
1: Man, if you get a chance, our best interview I think ever is TJ Hushmanzada. If you've ever seen that one, anybody that's in the chat tonight, whatever, that's an awesome interview for a Bengals fan for real. Because that is the
2: realest to ever like do an interview. Like is raw. I'm going to have to catch that interview. I like him. He was raw. As a player, you know, he gave you that um, – I can't think of uh, – what's the uh, – Heinz Ward, right? Mm-hmm. He gave you that vibe for, for the right. Bengals. He, he definitely – hey, but, bro,
1: we, we was asking him real stuff. And, I mean, and to this day, like, if you just follow him or whatever, he's, like, the person that's going to keep it the realest. I don't care if he's on TV or whatever, but he play he talks exactly like how he plays and vice versa, and it's, it was just awesome to, like – you know, talk to him, I guess. So I thought that was really dope that you said that was one of the guys that you, that you like, um, moving forward, like on this team, you talked about like the enthusiasm. One thing that me and Ace try to do is keep the enthusiasm, you know, going with the fan base, like on a year to year basis. Right. Moving forward. The number one guy that I think that gives the most Bengals hope is Joe Burrow. Right. From your perspective, what do you like when I talk to people, I, I tell people, get ready for a Super Bowl, you know, and they think I'm a little crazy. Right. But from Joe Burrow's, uh, you know, what you've seen from so far in the NFL or whatever, like, do you think that that's the path to our success? Like, do you feel like it's just not just a Cincinnati thing and you're being a homer by just believing in something like something so great, you know, like in Joe Burrow that I, you know, like I believe he's the savior. Do you feel it strong about that?
2: Yeah, I'm excited about Joe Burrow. I think this year was, like, this was one of our most interesting seasons, or at least for me. It was like it wasn't really a good season for us at all, but still there was this excitement around it because, you know, Joe Burrow is here in the city. But it's it's Joe Burrow, but it's also the players around him. It's, you know, it. it I think you, you, if you're watching the NFL now, you see that the power is changing. You know, you have this year Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Kansas City Chiefs again. So it's changing. I think Cincinnati Bengals has an opportunity to get right in there with the young talent that we have on the field, and some of the guys that we work with on this capsule, really, I feel like they all they fire, and it's gonna make the difference in the next couple of years. We got some great young players. They hungry. Um, you know, I, I'm right there with you, man. I, I don't see <laughs> one. He is winning our first playoff game in the next. Thanks. I think we can do it this year. And uh, you know Joe Burrow's down right now, but it all makes for a great story. You know, it don't come easy, right? So you got to earn your stripes. Yeah, we know what type of athlete we're dealing with. We know what type of leader we're dealing with. So I can't imagine Burrow back stronger just because he knows that people are going to doubt. You know what he's going to be able to do when he uh, upon his return. We're gonna we're gonna get there though. That's facts. So
3: you obviously you've had a lot of people come through rappers, Jeezy and stuff like that. But who were like some of the the notable athletes that have stopped by the shop?
2: Athletes. Mm.
1: Well, you can talk about the athletes in the campaign currently right now, though.
2: Yeah, Yeah. I would say say that many athletes, you know, stop by the the shop for this. Tyler Boyd. Um, we had Sam Hubbard. We had Sean Williams. Um, Von Bell. Von Bell. I mean, yeah, we gotta mention Von Bell. That game against Pittsburgh. I feel like a classic moment. A lot of people with that. <laughs> yes, but, sir. That's what made this. That's what made this whole project fun. You know, for myself and the team because it wasn't. It wasn't like the Bengals were like, We wanna do this thing, we're gonna hand it over to you, and let you do it, and or it wasn't like we're gonna do this thing with you, we're gonna monitor, let you have a little bit of it. it was really a partnership. Players got involved and the players got excited. In fact, had the opportunity to get on a Zoom call with all of the players at the campaign, tell them what the vision was for stripes don't come easy. And they all really excited and joe burrow was so excited that right at the end of the call he was like i'm on board to be a model what <laughs> yeah we were so turned up about this like i was turned up i was calling like oh be yeah be yeah yeah you, know, is, you, know, you, you like, know
1: what's so crazy about that and this is just it goes straight to this uh one of my friends uh, or i consider a friend like through twitter he like dm me to the side it's a white guy and he said, "Hey, you know, like, it, it, what is it gonna make me look like if I'm wearing a i am wearing I am black, you know, I, I'm a black owned um, shirt or sweater or something like that? It's gonna make me look like I'm just a get with or something." He was like, "I just really think the designs are dope." Right. And and I told him I think it's a win for 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 everybody. You know, for, you know, like if a person's like, can you speak to that to to maybe the. The the person that that isn't black watching this and, and looking at the brand and saying like man that's dope you know
2: like tell you know like talk to them about that I guess yeah so stripes don't come easy wasn't just like because we wear stripes as a team you know it was it was a reach back for me as a as one as a as a black owned business right we we understand the challenges without going into debt we understand the challenges that black owners go through uh, from all aspects. Um, so that it was that part those stripes that I had to earn to be here to to be able to even get this opportunity but also the stripes as a nation as a you know as a community to earn those stripes that where we coexist and that we have thriving black businesses and that isn't a threat to anyone but we're able to celebrate that as a community as a whole so this capsule was intended to to bring everyone together to say like there's no divide and the middle ground is stripes don't come easy All right. You know, uh, in expressing that throughout the through the campaign video, it was it was good because in the past, you know, people there, there's always been those questions from uh, our you know customers who aren't black. Can I wear it? And the answer is absolutely yes. Um, our brand transcends race. We created it to empower black people, uh, of course. But in order for it to really. Uh, you know live up to its fullest potential you know have the strongest powers everyone has to be able to embrace it and see that it's important for you know our communities to be represented uh, by the percentages like cincinnati is almost 50 percent black so you know black businesses should represent that and communities should represent that and that's how you have healthy communications healthy relationships all of those things so this capsule is for everyone every cincinnati Bengals fan it really doesn't matter what walk of life you're from, where your background is. You're representing the Bengals. You want to be fly. And, uh, you want to make that statement that you understand how important it is for businesses like ours to be in the community. It's the capsule. So, right. uh, yeah, stripes don't come easy for all of you. No, no. That's all the reason why Joe Burrow need to be with thanks, so, thanks. You know what? I think it'll come back around. I really think it was just because For sure. Wasn't able to be one of the models, but as you see, we we ended up with six other, you know, uh, really good dope yeah. athletes part of the campaign. Uh, the people that we did work with. at some point, uh, Joe's story, like his return, is really the it represents it's the campaign. Insane. So we'll figure right. out those things in as we go. But right now, we're just rooting for him, and we want to see. Him speedy recovery
3: definitely definitely well means we appreciate you spending some time with us we know that you got to go and make some more deals uh, but before you get out of here please let them know where they can find your stuff at
2: yeah so we're we're, we're online black on xx.com that's www.blackon19xx.com i would say the best way to engage right now what is this is on instagram instagram because that's where we're put, putting most of the content uh, you know posting pictures on twitter as well but engage with us so that we know you are there let us know that you you know you've you've seen the camp capsule even if you're not purchasing just send us a shout out or keep going and uh we here for the city we'll continue to you know be great representation for the city of Cincinnati so follow us on Instagram um you know just connect with us stop in check out the jungle we recreated like we we built the jungle inside of our storefront and a bunch of plants, um, you know, greenery, just to, you know, mimic our stadium. So we want people to come in, experience, take pictures, do all of. above.
1: Right. Well, I do have one quick uh, question before you get out of here, too. With the Bengals changing their uniform this upcoming, you know, I think they're going to probably release it right before the draft. Why haven't you talked to them about, you know, or have you talked to them? about about that because the one thing is everybody throwing out all these crazy mocks like even if you go to my page i got fire on there like everybody got some crazy mocks if i see you guys collaborating with them right now you talked about the one year thing y'all got going right now this would be a good time to throw out some ideas i think so that we can kind of keep this thing going for the history especially from somebody straight from the city like yourself
2: now that would be crazy, you know what I mean? That would be crazy for us to design a uniform and they wear it on the field. I am just so, saying, I, I I think it would be crazy. Now I do I do think there's some type of litigation that's in place there because of the uniforms are produced by what Nike. So I don't know really what what that is there, but we would we would love to explore it. But I mean, do so you what, like the current uniforms? this what well, we played in this
1: like, year. I think a lot of people complain about like, what's your favorite? There's been four Bengals uniform changes, right? Yeah. But the current one, the, the most of the feedback that I get is people don't like the white underneath the underarms. I don't know if you really pay attention to like all the details of it. It really wasn't good. even, a, it wasn't even really like a big topic to me until I got on social media and I saw so much, so many people saying, I want to change it. And in my mind, I'm thinking like, bro, we got the best uniforms to me just off the helmet but what would you do if you could change it
2: yeah i would say i would say i agree one i think bengals have one of the dopest concepts like in uniforms in the league period so uh but i would say my favorite to your first question i think my one of my, my favorite era is the the jeff blake era like when you see that jersey like that joint was crazy and every didn't have you didn't necessarily feel like you had to be a bengals fan to wear one of those jerseys just because of how dope it was i think because of social groups now like we stick to our teams more so than the fashion and we're trying to break that as well with this capsule like we want people who may not be Bengals fans but realize that it's a dope you know piece to rock it um i would say I i don't i couldn't give you an answer on like what i would change on the uniforms right now because i would have to sit with it i would go through the times reach back in the archives, figure out how to twist it and make it our own. But uh, I like the uniforms. I like them.
1: I, I like them too. You you talked about the Jeff Blake one. A lot of people like that's the one that I think people 50-50 split on the most. When you say Ace, it's like the the actual, the the tiger when it's jumping, like yeah, on, the the middle, tiger, on the middle of the
3: field. Cool yeah, I, I love the Jeff Blake one though. I got that in the, right. the closet right now. I kind of want to go back to those. That's just me personally. like the new kind of twist kind of like how temple went back to their og kind of uniforms not the creamsicle but the ones where they had sapping all of them boys and then did the new twist on it i kind of want to see that but yeah i think those are definitely the favorites for sure did Um, you
2: we we actually took the 3d tiger off of it from that era and use it on the vintage yeah see
1: one of the comments earlier in the thing was like man i like the classic hoodie with the tiger and then when Ace was showing the merch just now, I was like, "Bro, like that seemed like a home run thing." I, I don't know, bro. You need to use your connects and make some phone calls.
2: <laughs> this got- this one here is from nineteen six, and it was like a lot. So we like let's go back, let's put that on it. You know?
1: That's another way That's that nice. I think I feel like your brand just, you know, uh, collectively just joins everybody in the city together because just that element of it, uh lifetime Bengals fans, older guys that I, I, you know, like when they tell me about players that maybe I've never seen, they're going to see different things on your apparel that I think connect with them. And hopefully like everybody buys into this whole thing. Actually not hopefully everybody will, because this is what's going on right now. And now is a great time to be a Bengal bro. And it's a great time to be an entrepreneur. I'm so happy you could join us. I feel like you're, you're so healthy for the culture, and it's all love. And everybody that came tonight to check my man means out, like make sure you tell them your Twitter and your Instagram, please.
2: Yeah, so black on is at I'm black on my bags at I'm black on, on everything Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, my personal is at I'm uh macho me on my on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter.
3: Yeah. Appreciate it, bro. Thank, Thank you for joining us,
2: man. I really do. Thank you for having me, for considering us, and making time for us on the show. So we, uh, you know, you know, for a bit. I'll have to come back again. Maybe we'll do it again after more people. Yeah, yeah
1: that,
3: that sounds dope, bro.
1: Got to. I told you, I got some players too that I definitely want to connect you with too. So it's 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 going to be more than enough reasons for us to connect. And I feel like it's so special that we all got together and did this and. And I think time is gonna show that this is gonna be a really,
2: really important interview. Thanks. Absolutely. And next year when we win in, we'll link up. Yes, yes sir.
1: Ski. All right, man.
2: Yeah, y'all take it easy, man. Peace. Black on. Hey. Yes, sir. Hey, bro.
3: Man, that was that was a dope. That was a dope thing. I wanted to say it because I knew he was he was um, short on time, but I think that capsule that he said, like like he said, growing up in Cincinnati. It's always been two different sides, right? But what brings those two sides together is the Bengals. Like any kind of conversations, it's almost crazy. Like one of my friends that lives down here in Florida that's from Cincinnati, that's one of the reasons we became great friends was because of the Bengals. And I think that the Bengals bring the city together. So to do a collab like this, like the stripes don't come easy, bro,
1: dope. I'm telling you, hey, look. When he was talking, I was just like, man, you just, you know, like this is the time when they're changing the the uniform. At this point, even if it's something small and subtle, you know, like I think about it. If I could draw or I could do different things like that, I I know that. Well, all the 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 conversations that I have on Instagram or Twitter with people that are so passionate about this uniform, it did it got me thinking, like, damn, like what would I do, and like. You know, from it, I think I posted some of my favorite ones, I think, on my Instagram page. But there's some ideas and some different things that I I think about constantly that I think um, would really, really stand the test of time. So it's just all about opportunities. And that's why I was encouraging him. Like, shoot, use those connects. Like, even if it's just one element of like, hey, look, I want to sketch this part. And make this a part of you know, like this era of the universe. I'm like if it's
3: like the alternate jersey or the color is rush, the color or rush like? like, like,
1: color rush. Man, I'm I'm all for it. But speaking of jerseys, I don't know if you guys watched the playoffs this past weekend. There were a lot of different jerseys that went home. Cancun on three. We sent some boys home. I do wanna address something real quick. Mm-hmm. I put out a tweet and people thought I was coming at uh you know, different people. And I want to tell people that it was not coming at specific people about like I put out a tweet that just said that, hey, I'm a Bengals fan and there's a lot of Buffalo love out there. Right. Because the Bills mm-hmm. over the week or it might have been a dark horse pick for a Bengals fan, considering what they did for the Dalton Foundation and these these weird connections that we have with the Bills. Right. Well, for me, it was just a little too lovey dovey. And for me. I'm just a Bengals fan, so passionate about just being a Bengals fan that I couldn't I couldn't imagine clapping and going crazy and my energy. If anybody seen me on a Sunday using that energy towards another team, like it just doesn't happen. So I'm not here to tell anybody to be a fan, but I just was just saying like I just thought that was a little weird. If you guys are vicariously living through another team, then I don't know. Like that's that's not the wave to me. Like cheering for other teams or. Wanting somebody else to win, cool. Like, I do that every weekend. Uh, But for me, I put a little money on it. I did not want the Bills to win. (laughs) And they did not. So take that, Josh Allen. You and your mustache. But moving forward, I wanted to say, what were some observations over the weekend if you caught any of the games that you could see? Maybe uh, did you catch any influence from those games that you thought that the Bengals could use?
3: So I think with the first game, it was I kind of wanted to see that just as like a fan of of football. I wanted to see Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady go at it, right? Because we've always heard the comparisons. It's it's almost very similar to, I I take it back to basketball when you had Kobe and LeBron. They had all those puppet commercials and stuff like that. We always wanted to see them like in the finals, right? I felt like this was somewhat of the NFL equivalent of that, even though I kind of really feel like Tom Brady actually is kind of LeBron with him playing elite at like an older age. But then there's Aaron Rodgers. So it was dope to kind of see that. Uh, And then it made me feel good because, like you said, when you look around the league, you got Pat Mahomes, you got Josh Allen, you got Aaron Rodgers, you got Tom Brady. These are teams with notable quarterbacks and we have one. Um, So that part of it made, made me feel a lot better. And then it was just seeing with these guys both having strong offenses, Who was going to have that edge? Like what was going to be the edge in that game between the two? And I think when I watched the Buccaneers and and Packers game in the first half, it kind of was like Tom Brady just knew that he had to get as many points as he could because he knew Aaron Rodgers was coming. Like when he had that, they could have took a field goal. And and I think that's where coaching kind of comes into it as well. But then he doesn't take the field goal and he literally throws a touchdown with like what, one second left on the clock? Like, so that was interesting to see. And then um, Aaron Rodgers coming back and the decisions that were made by the coach to not go for it and to take the field goal was just extremely. How, how, about,
1: how about Aaron Rodgers on that third and eight, though, to lead up to that decision? Like the mm-hmm. play before, it, did right. you see, you know what that play kind of reminded me of when Joe Burrow scrambled and Chase Young met him at the, at the uh, pylon? Right. I mean, that's not a play that Joe Burrow got hurt on, but. It's not to say that Joe Burrow's better than Aaron Rodgers. I'm not I'm not insinuating that. I'm just saying right. that it was so much green in front of him. I, I I played the replay even. I posted on Twitter. I just thought that he had the easiest shot to just run for a touchdown right there. And even if he didn't get it, you're looking at fourth and one. So then maybe the coach isn't even going for a field goal. And then he goes to the press conference and says, yeah, that wasn't my decision to go for it. I just felt like Aaron Rodgers should have owned that a little bit more because yeah. – yeah, To me, he kind of choked. Like, the, the throw in itself, he had a couple other put, like plays that I thought, like, in, you know, uh, what's his name, Devontae Adams or whatever, you know, wasn't spectacular. Like, he's been every single game either. And it, and I'm, that's not saying that it was his fault, but he wasn't. We watched the Chiefs play, and Tyreek Hill and Kelsey were spectacular. Right. So, like, when I talk about skill position players for the Bengals or team or guys stepping up, we need T. Higgins to be what Tyreek Hill was. If you ever won a Super Bowl, and right. so that's the conversation about like, is he a number one? Because, because right. you, because you imagine T. Higgins even doing that, you know, like at that level. And that's where, for me, it's like load up weapons. And I mm-hmm. saw Tom Brady has a lot of weapons. And, oh yeah. And, oh yeah. And and, and the Definitely. Chiefs have a lot of weapons.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And I just think that that's a super underrated thing is like load it up and you could fix some other things later. You cannot negate, you cannot uh, skip past the offensive line ever again. Like that's very clear because the pass rushes that are still left are going to come get you. And one thing that happened in the Tom Brady game is that every single shot, every time that Tom Brady made a mistake, his defense bailed him out. And Mm -hmm. to me, that's what is asked. That's what I think the Bengals should always be looking for because you're not going to be able to fix it all in one year. Early Tom Brady for the Patriots, the first 2 years of him starting was 200 yards a game and methodically, you know, move down the field, control the time of possession and win football games, right? Right. Joe Burrow should be put in that same type of position in his early years because he's got a long way to go to probably being this champion that you know that we all believe we 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 think he is. But to throw 50 times a game, I thought, like, looking at the Buffalo Bills game, you don't have a shot without a balanced team. And I thought that was very telling, too. It's like you can live and die by throwing the football. And the the Bills died throwing the football. And, and it was good enough against teams that were really good, but it wasn't good enough against teams that were excellent. And the defense for the uh, – uh, for the Buccaneers, for the Buc- I just thought, I just think that that's that's a very obtainable goal. Top fifteen defense, right for the Bengals, in a in a defense that rises to the occasion in big moments. Five sacks with, with impact five players. Sacks. Like, yeah, right. you, you're not going to get five sacks from this <laughs> run, <laughs> right. But But opportunistic defense that's going to be able to make plays when they count and matter the most. That's why you have McKenzie Alexander's and Von Bill. And Carl Lawson, people that can make plays, so that even if you don't have the best defense the world's ever seen, when it's time to make a play, go make a play, and you want that from your quarterback. And I think Joe uh, Joe Burrow is more than capable of doing it. But I think a lot of blueprints were put out there this this past weekend.
3: No, I agree. I think, like you said, the Tampa Bay Bucks—they just have a really, really good balanced team. You know, you talk about three seasons ago, I probably say their defense was. Nowhere near where it's at now. And it kind of started with picks like Devin White. They went and got Shaq Barrett, free agency signing. So piece by piece, they went and traded for Jason Pierre-Paul. I think they already had Levante David. They went and drafted some young corners. I think um SMB, Sean Murphy Bunting. he had the interception. Peace, peace, he, they he took is a one peace, bro. What's the dude? What's the safety that they took
1: last year? His dad was in the NFL. He was oh, that the dude that he knocked himself out the game with that hit with the, on his shoulder, number thirty-two or thirty-three.
3: I can't recall him. He's like a junior or something like that. He was a Oh, beast. oh, my was, eye. oh yeah, Winfield. Winfield. Winfield Jr. He caught but my eye last year. Their
2: safety yeah.
1: caught my eye yesterday. I, I don't know if it's 32 or 33. Somebody in the comments could tell me, but he was out there hitting. I'm talking about like anytime it was a run play. It's like
3: Mike something.
1: I forgot. I cannot think of his, his name. name. My Blake. mind, my mind went blank, but Winfield Jr. didn't play in the game. He is gonna play in the Super Bowl. Uh Antonio Brown will play in the Super Bowl. And then on the opposite side, Le'Veon Bell is gonna play in the Super two, Super Bowl. Two. Right,
3: right. No, I was just speaking to like how they built their defense and stuff right, like that. Vita and stuff, and stuff like that. Edwards, yeah. he knocked himself
1: out of the game doing exactly what I'm talking about, like meeting it, like Vaughn Bell. Like watching Tyron Matthew and watching, you know, like what Von Bell's capable of doing. If you give him a good pass rush, I really feel like he can roam and make plays on the level of Tyron Matthew. Is he Tyron Matthew? No, but the level of playmaking that he's uh, that he's capable of doing, I just really think that, like, you know, that's that's a guy that makes impact plays and. I think the consistency comes with DJ readers at the world. The
3: the other thing, though, too, why their defense got so good is that they hired Uh, Kyle Bowles. They hired Kyle Bowles to come in and kind of change that defense. So he's able to – it's really going to be interesting how he plays uh, Kansas City because they're a team that blitzes. And we all know if you blitz Kansas City, Mahomes is just going to eat you up. Uh, But I think that the Bengals – I'm not going to say that we can – just try to beat a bus because Tom Brady kind of lucked out with that situation because most of that team was there, right? He still did get there. They did bring in AB. They did add to a lot of those pieces and and things of that nature. But um, I think where you're right is, is that this is an arms race. And I think that's what Tom Brady saw when he got there when he saw what Pat Mahomes and that Chiefs offense did to the 49ers, he was just like, we got to get, we got to overload. Like, we got to add Leonard Fournette. We have to add AB. We have to add Rob Gronkowski. You got to come out of retirement. Like you you. you said, it was an arms race.
1: And I'm going to tell you, like, from a staffing perspective, that's the number one thing that stood out to me, too, is that I felt like there was a lot of buzz about the Bills offensive coordinator in the offseason, but he was clearly outmatched in that game. And then you're looking on the opposite side of the uh, field. I mean, the the run, like the, the, the ways that they get the football. Like if John Ross isn't watching the Chiefs play and just saying, like, I don't even have to catch the ball. Like, you know, like that was one of the reasons why I think Curtis Samuel would be a really good pickup for us. But he has to be utilized right. The way that Andy Reid runs those plays. It just keeps the defense on their back, on their back uh, hills the whole entire game. In right. contrast, you're watching the Bills and you're just like, I know that Josh Allen's just going to sling it, you know, like pretty soon they're going to have to pay him. I just think that the blueprint, more so to me, was the Chiefs early yeah. on. Like, like Pat Mahomes' game is similar to Joe Burrow's game early on in uh, Pat Mahomes. Well, he doesn't have the arm strength, but as far as like what he's asked to do for his football team and what he's capable from a mobility standpoint. He's not the fastest guy. He's going to scramble. He'll make you pay if you cheat and you go man and turn your back to him, right? But ultimately, early on, they they had to piece it together, and they got him, and they got some weapons around him. And remember, the biggest Achilles heel was their defense early on. You They knew that they had to, they had to score, like, 40 points a game. Flash mm-hmm. forward to 2021, I just think that it was a good message to say, like, if you don't do everything all in one year – you can work on those things to then bring in some guys like Tyrone Matthew later on to say, this is how we shore it up. And no, we're not going to be the number one defense. And yes, we're going to have to pay out because pretty soon, you know, Joe Burrow's going to be on that fifth year and he's going to have to get real money. But I don't have to have the most elite defense in the whole entire world. And I can still get there if my defense just makes enough plays to keep the opposing team in field goal type situations. Another thing that is really, really telling about the staff of them is this. I posted this earlier on my um, Instagram. Do you know that nobody on nobody that is coming uh, to play for the Super Bowl for the Chiefs, uh, is a first round pick, right? And that's not mm-hmm. to say that the Bengals should not draft. Uh, Panay in the first round, but to me it's a coaching question and it's a staffing question and I think Frank Pollock is going to be the guy that makes that turn around from an offensive line standpoint, but let mm-hmm. me just run this off to you. At left tackle, Rimmers is going to start because Eric Fisher went down in the game with an Achilles, tip, uh, Achilles tear. Left guard, Ale- Allegretta, is a seventh rounder. The center, Redder, is a seventh rounder. The right guard is Wisniewski, who was cut by Pittsburgh in November the right tackle is an is a undrafted free agent guard. They have nothing in the first six rounds right. starting for them going to the Super Bowl. That doesn't mean that you don't have to address the position, Bengals fan, I'm just saying that the emphasis has to be on coaching, and you have to understand that when you have an elite quarterback at that level, he's going to manipulate the pocket a lot better than the average guy. So you can't look at it like a Browns fan has to go get the best offensive line in football. He'll never be Joe Burrow. You know, um, I'm talking about uh, Mayfield. Mayfield. He'll never be Joe Burrow. They can show me every stat in the world that they want about his last eight games. He played like the top ten, whatever. He'll never yeah. be Joe Burrow. So what you have to do from a, uh, from a personnel is get everything you can around him. Wow. Give him the best offense line of football. And what happens? You go to the playoffs, and they still need more weapons. They need an Odell, and they needed a tight end to dominate the game, to get over that hump and they'll have to go chase after the same thing next year. And the defense kind of failed them in some spots too. But I just think that like, looking at Pat Mahomes and how he got there, it just is like an eye-opener I think that Bengals fans should pay attention to is that don't exhaust everything in the world on your offensive line or don't exhaust everything in the world on, on this defense wins championship concept mm-hmm. if you have a quarterback that can eliminate some of those flaws in the process. Without, okay. And then you don't negate – you don't you don't just turn your eye to any of those positions. And to but, me, it's about getting the best players. Like you look around their roster, in certain spots they had the best players. In certain spots they don't. But you know the the alt the ultimate goal is like have your quarterback go win you games when it's time to go win them.
3: No, I mean I I agree with that. I think like. Some teams are just really good at building offensive lines together. And it doesn't matter where they get them. I even go back to the Steelers like a few years ago. Some of those dudes were undrafted guys and stuff like that. It just depends on are they are they good or not? Um, The other thing is, though, I think one thing that Andy Reid has always done well outside of, I think, like Jeremy Macklin. Most of his, like, notable receivers, when you talk about Djax, even when you talk about Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Hill was drafted in the fifth round. A lot of people forget that, and most of that was due to his off-the-field issues because people knew that he was good, but I don't think anyone thought he was going to be this good, but they knew he was good. Um, and then you talk about Travis Kelsey, third round, but I think things have kind of changed. Where you're How, not about gonna Kelsey?
1: Get How about Kelsey? Like, Kelsey is unstoppable.
3: I think, I think he's Kelsey top five in the NFL, NFL
1: right now. I, I mean, like he, he just like, left the like, league like, in yard. No, he's not crazy. tight end. Like, he's the number one tight end. He's like, the number
3: one pass catcher. He, he,
1: but if, if, as far as the NFL player, like, if Aaron Donald's, like, number two, number three now, right, if, right. as far as, like, talent for me.
3: Right.
1: Who do you think is the number? No, like, I feel like Travis Kelsey well, is probably,
3: like, You got to go to Mahomes just because Mahomes is kind of of All crazy. right, so.
1: So Mahomes is number one. Who would be like number two? Do you still put like Khalil Mack or somebody like? like who do you who's your top five? I don't care what position number in the National two? Football
3: League. Number two, who am I putting at number two? I mean, are these players that can just win by themselves?
1: Just win by themselves. Best players in the National Football League.
3: I think you gotta put Aaron Donald in there just because the Rams shouldn't even like Jared Goff to me is not good. Like, they shouldn't even be there. Like honestly, I probably <laughs> will I probably will put him up there. Um, I think number three, I'm probably gonna go. You gotta go, the quarterback position is hard to like.
1: I see. See, I still gotta put
3: it, I probably it, gotta go with Rogers, even though he just took that Elder Brady, like him being at the A's that he's at right now. I think I would probably still go with Rogers because he just did all of that with only Devontae Adams. Like he didn't really have a wide receiver core or a tight end. That you, was know, like you know who he better. needs.
1: You know who he needs, yeah Definitely.
3: <laughs> Definitely. Um, so hey, I would put Kelsey there. I put Kelsey at our... Well, I'm there. I put I'm Kelsey there. at four. Kelsey,
1: like, he, seeing him cook thing.
3: Denzel Ward like that, like a top corner, like, like there's nobody that can guard him. It's just... And I remember watching the game. I think, was it Romo that was calling the game? He mm-hmm. was like, look, if they don't guard him this way, he's gonna have like 20 catches. Like, you can't guard him that way. So it's
1: too crazy though, because when you go and cheat and pull up and try to shade anything over there, Tyreeks Hill speed just goes on these deep crossing, just goes all the way to the opposite side of the field. It's like verse there's no way to stop those, two guys. those gotta, two guys. You got when you play the Chiefs, you have to just make sure that you put pressure on Pat Mahomes and he just has a bad day. You can't even What's do it?
3: that. You can't even because he's waiting for you to do that. He'll right. just like Boop, all right, but now got, I know where it's coming from. And Joe,
1: right. And that's the fo- to me, like that and then that's where I think your your mop comes in, where mm-hmm. somebody says, Well, why would you go that high on Kyle Pitts? Right. It's, it's, it's super risky. Right. But watching what they did, like if you could go to free agency and go get speed like a Curtis Samuel for, I think the money allocation, I did a, a thing I'm going to present to everybody maybe tomorrow. But the money allocation with the top of the NFL says that the Bengals probably have, after A.J. is gone off the roster or whatever, they probably would allocate maybe 7 to $8 million to that position. You go get like a Curtis Samuel or somebody with some speed. And then when you go to the draft, you're looking at, like, a pitch to, like, I, I it's really risky. But if it worked, I just think the blueprint, mm-hmm. what the Chiefs are doing right now, is exactly what the Bengals should be doing. Like, people are trying to, like, sell themselves short and be like, Jim, you can't get this, this. This is not mad. I, I'm mm-hmm. not saying a mad type situation. Like, a lot of this, a little bit is banking on hope that Cal Pitts is exactly what you think he is if you're going to draft him that high. But if you're looking at the formula on how the Chiefs got really, really good, really, really fast, like they got fast, really, really good. Like five years ago, the Chiefs—you would have never thought about the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Now look at them; they're looking at. Right. Oh, well, I mean, I guess with Alex, if said, you let me ask, I don't, you what? I don't think you would have thought they would have won a Super Bowl, is what I'm saying. And they just with with the with the with a supreme head coach and then one quarterback that has the power to 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 cross out a lot of flaws. Right. you were able to, like, get something in place and then start going to legitimately start talking about a dynasty that quick.
3: What if – um? so a lot of people – I hear people talking about go-get vets and stuff like that. You have to remember, people, since we've had this tight end evolution, it didn't just start here. It really started with Rob Gronkowski back in the day when it was the Rob Gronkowski thing, um, the Aaron Hernandez, Jimmy Graham and all of that. But if you remember – they got pissed like a lot of tight ends got pissed because they're like, we're putting up receiver numbers. We need to get paid like receivers. So when you say you want to go and get a younger vet tight end like that, just realize you're still going to be paying that same number as you would a wide receiver. You have to remember, if I'm not mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong, Zim, CJ Uzoma, I think, makes around like six or seven million a year. And that's CJ Uzoma. So you're talking about getting someone. Better than him, like a Jonu Smith or something like that, you're gonna have to pay. Like
1: the name, the name I keep on hearing is uh Everett from the Rams, which probably and I hear Josh Reynolds a lot too <laughs> from a wide receiver standpoint. But Everett Get them
3: all. Why not? Like to me, to me, I, I think feel feel a lot feel of like people, they could
1: afford that and he would make an impact.
3: Exactly. And this is the thing about tight end. I hear a lot of people like, oh well, you need offensive line and stuff like that. The very first read that a quarterback uses when he's getting blitzed. Is his tight end. So like nobody's gonna be like when you have someone like Kyle Pitts or Evan Ingram or Travis Kelsey and they're going out, nobody's leaving them wide open. They're they're not gonna blitz that linebacker because they know that if they do that, he's there and he could take it to the house all the time. And that's what the quarterback safety blanket is. So if we add one of those to our offense, I just think that it would it would be you know a big help for this offense just overall and it's just a guy that's a mismatch for a linebacker for a corner for anyone that you put on him this man is like 65 240 pounds like and he can jump like that's that's scary I mean we have literally sat here as Bengals fans and have been worried about any tight end tearing us up because it's such a hard right. to
1: kind and, and, of stop. And, and Eifert and Eifer for years I mean there was two there was two seasons in there Well, arguably, you could say Eifert was top two tight end in the league. Like, there was two seasons where you could say that. So, if anybody knows the tight end position, like the Bengals, you know, would be, you know – I mean, if anybody knows the tight end position, it would be the Bengals. But still – I still stand where I stand. If I got the number five pick, it only comes down to two people for me. It's Panay Panay and Jamar Chase. But I I just thought that you doing that mock the other day is just showing people, like – this is what a tight end paired up with speed on the outside. Mind it. Now they have Andy Reid, <laughs> so I'm not right. trying to say you know like th- the play calling, the schemes, and everything like that. But Eric Bieniemy right. was out there, still right. out there, crazy. But um, I just thought that was a testament of like how fast you could turn around and what it would take. And if you right. struck, and if you struck out at Kyle Pitts, to me, his ceiling is probably like. I think his ceiling, I'm, I feel like his floor, let me let put it, I feel like his floor is higher than what you've gotten from C.J. Uzama. Right. And, and if you got that return on a tight end, whether you drafted him number five or not, I think I would be able to live with that. Like, I don't care. I wouldn't consider that a reach at that point. But right. if, you're seeing, if you're seeing C.J. Uzama-type numbers throughout the whole career, in, in tight end and linebacker are two positions that had the biggest learning curve to me in the national football yeah it's hard so those are the two because picking up the the blitz and i think that's the reason why a lot of people talk about odd and tape like converting a tight end towards the end of the year they were starting to put him more like lining up as a tight end right but right. the blocking standpoint of what he brings to a team you know like i was fired up on twitter talking about some of the blocks from Kelsey. Like, I was going, I was like, man, Kelsey going crazy. My man texted me, it was like, Kelsey just scored. I'm like, no, Damien Willis just got a 12 yard ke- uh, run on the strength of Kelsey. Cool. Then later on, the icing on the cake is, oh, yeah, he caught 13 passes for 150 yards or something. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that that's a unicorn tight end. So I don't know if you would ever get that from Kyle Pitts, but I wouldn't be mad at trying.
3: Yeah, like for me, like I definitely get people that are like, oh, you know, I want him to be a blocker and stuff like that, and that's cool. But like Evan Ingram did it, like Evan Ingram tore like this league up. He just really couldn't stay healthy. So Wofford ain't the
1: greatest blocker of all time either.
3: Exactly, exactly. Wofford. Like to me, is is what do you want, right? Because like even if we, if I'm playing devil's advocate, Aaron Hernandez wasn't the greatest blocker either. Like Aaron Hernandez was just a big receiver for the Patriots that nobody could cover. So like I, I get it. But like, isn't that why you drafted Drew Sample? Isn't Drew Sample supposed to be the blocking guy? We already had that guy. The other thing about it too is, and I didn't realize this until I was playing Madden and running some simulations. I forgot that CJ tore his his um his Achilles during the season, so like he's not going to be there for preseason. He's likely going to try to be back at the beginning of the season. Um, so he's looking
1: good. He, he's, he he gave a he, he gave a report the other day because you know him. Joe Burrow and Trey Hopkins are like training together right now so
3: right and I do with CJ Uzoma a speedy recovery because he's one of my favorite players I'm not gonna sit up here and act like I don't I don't um, like CJ
1: you know for for anybody that just got in here too you know we interviewed means uh one person he forgot to mention that was part of the campaign that they did was CJ Uzoma
3: and Khalil Kareem too
1: Oh, I didn't know that. He
3: was in it too. Yeah. Our okay, so I so
1: he said six players. I was like, yeah, we only named like four. So yeah, CJ Uzama and Kelly Kareem was the sixth player.
3: Yeah, definitely. But, but, but yeah. that
1: was crazy that he yeah, he was like Burrow going, you know, maybe wearing I'm black owned. Like that's crazy. That's a that's a crazy Man. look if you guys missed that earlier. That's but so those great. are just some of the observations I just saw from the playoffs. And I just think that offensive line is always like this offseason is at the forefront of what the Bengals have to do.
3: Right. You know,
1: I wasn't saying that Chiefs that or their current lineup that they're about to roll out the Super Bowl.
3: is trash so or I, anything. You're just saying that it did yeah. put so much emphasis that every you pick has to be a first round. Yeah.
1: yeah, you have to have a balanced attack. And, it, oh, yeah, it helps to have a mastermind coach. But right. at the end of the day, once you get people in a system that's good, that's working. And you're playing next to better players, it makes everybody better. So maybe what you didn't get from Billy Price now that he's really excited that Frank Pollock is back, maybe you get that early in the season. Billy Price looks good at center, you know, on the strength of Frank Pollock. Like all these different things that are variables that I think people need to weigh in too. Before you just come on here and just say "shut up, Zem and Ace," like just get this guy offensive line, give him five. You know, like don't be so drastic and so in the moment at everything right. in life, and just be so reactionary. Is my only caution. Is like because I know you're looking at this right now. I'm talking to the guy that's you know sitting there saying, "You idiots! Why don't you just get an offensive line?" I don't care who it is, right? But that's right. not the way football is won, right?
3: And like, and, and, and like, like you man, you're still. Free agency, there's still all of these fat and this is also a very deep lineman class. So, like, you can still get <laughs> right. some really good linemen that you wouldn't be able to get in years past on day three.
1: If free three. agency, they better go crazy. They better give me one big signing. in free agency is what I'm counting on the Bengals to do, because they have right. the money to do that, right? So that's one thing that we're addressing. We've already addressed mm-hmm. Frank Pollock is the is a is probably the best offensive line coach in football, if not top three, right? So you got that going. Then when you go to draft, hell yeah, like you just said, the draft pool for the offensive line position is far better than what I'm saying from edge right now. So right. when you go in there, you're going to be saying, okay, if I don't get this guy in, these are like ten guys I like in the second or third round. But then you go to edge, for example, and you're like, well, it's only like two guys I like. Yeah, so that's nice. why I'm like, that's why I'm like, you can't just say it's got to be this guy early on. It's got to be like this we got to be able to say we're going to we're get the best person available at whatever position it is. And I think they should, by just doing that, they'll come out of the draft with two new offensive linemen that are probably battling it out with anybody.
3: anybody. And, hopefully,
1: and hopefully one of those draft picks is the number five pick at Panay. I'm still all team Panay. Like, as well,
3: we got we to talk about this, though. Later. Later. What do you think about the Slater thing? Like, how do you feel about the Slater thing?
1: Oh, how do I feel about the Slater? Oh, feel we like got to get them
3: out of here, y'all. We got to get them out of here. I, go, yeah, ahead. go ahead. Bro. She's
1: telling me I got to eat pretty soon. So everybody that's online in the world, my I wife, my, I, I'm, still I a, I'm still living a real life out here. So I can't just pod it out my whole life. But let me tell you about Slater before I go. <laughs> it's Slater is a little undersized for what I would like. So ultimately, and and that's like arm length, all the measurables that some of the greats have, right? And that's not the biggest thing in the world to me, right? But when I'm pairing that up with another guy, Jonah Williams on the opposite side, that has that, it makes it from a defensive standpoint, very, very simple to work on our past schemes and our our password schemes and different things. I don't want anybody to come to play us to say, well, all of those guys aren't going to be able to reach and go over there. So we run this stunt here. Like, I think it makes our offensive line a little bit more predictable with Slater. But to get anybody at the number five pick, it's not a reach. It's just not the guy that I think the Bengals should draft. I think Slater probably is going to be an excellent offensive lineman. I hope we get him and Panay, right? In a perfect world, in some crazy scenario. But if it's me, I just think from what I've seen so far on tape, Jamar Chase, Kyle Pitts, Panay, those three are ahead of Slater to me. So if it isn't those three names called right there, then I'm going to be sitting there looking at the screen like Slater.
3: I mean, yeah. Especially around and, like, let's just say Leatherwood is there. Like, nah, I'd rather have, like, Jamar Chase and Leatherwood or Kyle Pitts and Leatherwood than, than that. So. And
1: that's, that's the dilemma is you'll go to the board, you'll look at that and be looking at those players and saying, damn, we, we didn't get those guys, and, we, and it's going to feel like a reach. It's right. impossible to reach at number five to me because Slater is going to be really, really good. But how he fits for the Bengals in their current offensive line, I just don't think that's, that's I, the way. I
3: feel like it's going to be a reach just because so many quarterbacks are going to get taken. Like, let's just say, for instance, three quarterbacks get taken and then Panay is taken right before us. Like, Slater to me at that point is a reach. Like, over right. – the guys that are uh, on the board at that point like slater is is a reach at that
1: the draft for me is two guys jamar chase and finney i'm sorry right. and, 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 and if i had to if i could trade down it sounds easy it's not that simple but if i could trade down i would entertain like 10 guys like you know then you could get me on board with Parsons or or or, or Saute samuel junior or i mean i don't i'm just throwing out whoever but you can get me on board with a lot of guys right, uh, right. if if Uh-oh. i were in the trade down So
3: we're about to get ready to wrap up and get out of here. Mr. Whisperer says, is Parsons in the conversation if if Sewell and Chase are gone? We kind of answered this last week. He's not really in the the conversation for me unless you're claiming on using him as an edge rusher. But based on us needing offense, he's Parsons isn't there for me on on that aspect Would adding him hurt the development of the other linebackers by taking away playing time not nah, because if he could step in day one if you feel like Parsons is that guy which if you're picking him in the top five he should step in day one I'm not worried about anybody else I'm plugging him in from day one uh, but thank you guys for for joining us here at the Orange is the New Black podcast and was there anything that you want to say before we get out of here
1: Nope. I want to say thank you to Macho Means again. Um, I'm black Own is a is a wonderful brand, so I'm really really glad that we got a chance to talk to him. Uh, Ace is wearing some of it now. If you missed that earlier in the show, please make sure you follow him. Very very grateful, very thankful to have him on the show, and um, be looking for more stuff like that's that's downtown in a natty, Somebody representing and working currently with the Bengals. Like, how about that? How about to develop a clothing line and then work with your favorite team, you know?
3: That's dope. That's dope. I, saw it. I had to get it, like, immediately. And if you guys are listening, there should be a link in the description for that, uh, directly to the Stripes Don't Come Easy merch. He said that they're gonna be doing that for a year. So stay tuned. They're gonna have more pieces coming, and I'm definitely gonna be grabbing some more pieces myself. But thank you guys uh, for tuning in for the Oranges New Black podcast. Be sure to follow Zim. On Instagram, as them underscore Houday, and on Twitter, as them Houday.
1: Bro, I mean, uh, mock uh, friend, uh, free agent mock 3.0 coming up soon, where we're gonna have a fan on here. Next episode.
0: Hello, world.
1: What separated your deep ball from everybody else? My
2: deep ball, it has a little secret sauce to it, man. <laughs> I never get too high, never get too low, but just keep moving. The, the whole story is Carlos never beat me in any kind of sports in in, in high school.